welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Hey, before we jump into the message, I just got something I want to share with you real quick that I feel like the Lord put on my heart. Um, Matthew chapter 11, let me ask you this. Does anybody here uh, feel like they're carrying a weight or a burden? You've got heaviness in your heart and your life? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. I want to share something with you that the Lord wants to remind you of this morning. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus is speaking. Can everybody hear me? Does it need to be louder? All right. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Then Jesus said, and this is what the Lord is saying to all of us today who feel weary and tired and carrying burdens that we can't carry, that are too hard for us, the Lord wants to remind you that Jesus says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus wants to remind you, if you're carrying heavy things in your life, then there are things that you have picked up of your own accord. They're not from him. He doesn't have a heavy wearisome, tiresome burden for you to lug around. Jesus doesn't have this big backpack full of rocks where he says, Josh, I want you to pick this up and carry it. And this is the weight that I want you to bear for me. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Second Corinthians chapter three, go there because this is just as important. Second Corinthians chapter three. And this is all for free. This isn't even part of my message this morning. This is just an encouragement for you. Says this. Verse 16, whenever somebody turns the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want to remind you this morning that God is not a God of bondage. He's not a God of yokes and tying you down and making things hard for you. He is a God that wants to bring freedom to you wherever you're at, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're walking through. He is a God that wants to break off those chains, that wants to take off those things that are holding you down, that are making life so hard for you. God and his spirit are a spirit of freedom. So here's what I want to do. If you're experiencing that in life today, if you're saying, I am tired, I am weary, I've got heavy burdens that I'm carrying, then I want you to stand up with me and we're going to pray together. It's okay. If you feel that, I want you to stand up and we're going to pray. Because we just read that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty, There is freedom. Where he wants to take those things off of us. So we're going to join our faith together. And we're going to cry out to God and thank him that he is taking those things away from us. Do you believe that he wants to do that? 
Do you believe that he wants to bring freedom to you? That he believes that he wants to take those things off your back that you're carrying, that you're not meant to carry? All right, then let's pray together. Father, I thank you right now in your name that you've said that we can come to you if we're tired, if we're weary, because you said that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. And so right now we come to you, to your feet, Father, and we bring these things to you and we give them to you. I say that this is not our burden to carry. This isn't my weight to bear, that I can't take this thing any longer. And I'm giving this over to you because where your spirit is, there is freedom. So Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that by your Holy Spirit, that you are breaking off chains, that you are breaking off addictions, that you are breaking off mindsets, that you are removing the heavy weights, that you are removing the burdens and the things that we are carrying that we're not called to carry. And I thank you, Father, that by your spirit right now, you are bringing restoration, that you are bringing healing, that you are removing those things from our life, enlightening our load so that we can continue to move ahead in you, by you, and through you for your glory. In Jesus' name, we all said... Amen. Amen. Let's thank Jesus like we mean it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for working in our life. Amen. 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 I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Apparently, I'm alone in this place. I love Jesus. Do you love? Okay. Lena loves Jesus, too. I love Jesus. I love his word. I love his body. I love being here with all of you. I got a real simple message that I want to share with you this morning. Continuing on a little bit, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Not honking your car when you're mad when somebody cuts you off. We've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and this has sort of turned into an unintentional series that the Lord just keeps bringing us back to. And if you remember... Galatians chapter 5 talks about what the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. There's nine fruits. There's nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. And if you ever really stop and think about it, the fruit of the Spirit is truly the aspects and the character of God. I'm sorry. I said the fruit of the Spirit that we talk about so flippantly and say, I want this piece of the fruit, I want that piece of the fruit. But when you stop and think about it, the fruit of the Spirit, and we know the Spirit is what? Part of God. The Holy Spirit is God, amen? All right, so when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, what we're really talking about is the character of God being manifest in your life. Right? It's the character of God coming through your everyday actions. And so we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so I was part of a conversation this week. And as I was listening to this conversation, and as I was part of it, I began to think to myself, where's Jesus in this conversation? Where is Jesus in these words? Where is Jesus in my reaction? And I want to talk about today, where's Jesus? And I want to ask you a question, and I want you to ponder it all morning long as we talk. Now, I say all morning, but you know that's going to be like the next 20 minutes. So think hard and think fast. And don't worry, I talked to a lot of people. This conversation didn't involve any of you. 
And so I was having this conversation. And I, be, I had this realization. I said, where is Jesus in this conversation, in these words, in this person's words, in my words? And I want to ask you this. Where's Jesus in your life? Where's Jesus in your words? Where is Jesus in your actions, in your reactions? Because really that's where we all kind of fall short most of the time. Not in our actions, but in our reactions to people, right? Where does Jesus show up? You guys remember Where's Waldo? I don't know, is, is Waldo still even a thing anymore? Is Waldo still around-ish? When my little brother was growing up, he used to love Where's Waldo and these books, and we'd like open them up together. He's 10 years younger than me, and I'd help him find Waldo. But a lot of us need to. Last week, if you remember, we were talking about looking at the fruit, examining the fruit of our own life, walking through our own gardens of our life and examining the fruit and saying, what does the fruit of my life look like? And we need to take stock of ourselves and say, in my life, where does Jesus show up? If people could look at my life, would they see Jesus and his character, or would they see just me? You know, Matthew chapter 28, let's start here. We've got about four passages of scripture that we may look at together. Matthew chapter 28 is what we call the Great Commission. And in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 28, these are some of the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples on earth. And he says, well, let's look at verse 18. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, or since that, or because of that, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Because I've been given all authority on heaven and earth, I want you to go. Now, the question that you have to ask yourself is, who are we supposed to make these people disciples of? Are these people, is Jesus telling us to go into the world and make disciples of Sloan? Are they supposed to be Josh's disciples, Jeff's disciples, Jay's disciples, Jake's disciples, Jake's disciples, Beth's disciples, Jen disciples? No. What Jesus is saying is go into all the world. The answer is in verse 20. And he says, tell them everything that I have taught you. So we're called to go into the world. You all know this. This is like Christian 101. You're called to go into all the world and make disciples of Jesus. But if your life doesn't look like Jesus to people, then who are you making disciples of? Where is Jesus in your life? Where does Jesus show up in your actions, in your conversations, in your thoughts? You say, in my thoughts? Yeah, I'm saying in your thoughts. You know why? Because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It also says that out of the abundance of your heart, what you allow to take place inside of you works its way out of you. 
man, it's quiet up in this parking lot. I think the people doing stretches over there like this more than all you. But it's okay, because we're talking about Jesus and showing up in our lives. And I tell you what, listen, we need Jesus in every area of our life. We just talked about, we just talked about how we need Jesus to bring the freedom in our life. And he doesn't just, you know, we don't just need that freedom. Everywhere we go, the people that you encounter need that freedom that you just said you need to. Right? All right, so let's keep talking about Jesus. So, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. And we're called to make them disciples of Jesus. Paul's talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Who's got a Bible or a bible device? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. And depending on your translation, this verse will either be at the end of chapter 10 or the beginning of chapter 11. In mine, it's at the end of chapter 10. And that's because, remember, when the Bible was written, it wasn't divided up nicely with verses and chapters and headings and subheadings and thoughts about what this part of the Bible is about. It was just word after word after word. And so when they divided this up, when they came along and King James said, let's make a Bible, put it all together, they, people who translated, decided it where they thought each where they thought each thought ended and the next one started. Now, in the New Living Translation, it says, the Apostle Paul is speaking, and he says this. Let's start at verse 31 of chapter 10. He says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Maybe you're not hearing what I'm saying. Whatever you do, wherever you go, whoever you are, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Okay. So he goes on here and he says this. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what's best for me. I do what is best for others so that it may be saved. Now, here's the verse I want to look at. And for you, maybe chapter 11, verse 1, and it says this, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And that word imitate is actually the Greek word mimeo, and it means to mimic. To mimic. So the apostle Paul says, I want you to mimic me. I want your life to look just like mine. Imitate me because I'm imitating Christ. So he says, look at my life because my life looks like Jesus' life. I pattern my life after Jesus. I mimic myself after Jesus. So you can look at me and imitate me because I'm imitating Jesus. And when you look at me and you're imitating me and I'm imitating Jesus, guess what happens? People see Jesus and not you. And you begin to walk in the character and the fruit and the power of the Spirit. And people begin to see the character of God which we call the fruit of the Spirit, coming out of you. And that's what people need. They don't need your reactions. 
They don't need your hurts and your pains and your wounds and your sufferings and your, oh, me too, I feel the same way. I hate this, I hate that. This person hurt me, so let's get back at them. Let's do this, let's do that or the other. What they need is the character of God working in you and through you to produce life and healing and restoration so that when they look at you and they say, man, there is something about Sydney. I don't know what it is, but that girl is just so full of joy all the time. I don't know what she's I know she's going through hard stuff but it's not weighing her down she doesn't have burdens in her life she's not carrying things on her back that she shouldn't be carrying and I want the freedom that she has and then they are drawn to you to ask you what is different thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for your word for your life for your spirit God we thank you for who you are, for all that you've done, all that you continue to do. So we're talking about where's Jesus in our life, where he shows up in our life, in our actions and every aspect and every part of our life. I want to encourage you, I want to remind you, don't compartmentalize your spirituality. Don't say, this is my Sunday self, and this is my Monday self. This is my church self. This is my prayer self. This is my outreach self. This is my job self. This is my hangout self. I can hang out differently. I can act differently when I hang out. I can hang out and be different around my friends than I can be when I'm at church on Sunday, or when I'm around the pastor, or when I'm around churchy people. I want to encourage you. Be one, be one, be one. Wherever you're at, wherever you're going through, whatever you're doing, be the same person. Let God work in you and through you to perfect his will, to make his character known, to work on the inside of you. Because I told you last week, and I'll tell you over and over again, and we're going to look at a scripture right now, people are watching you. People look at Mauricio's life. They don't just listen to his words. We were watching a show the other day, and in the movie, the person said this. They were talking about, it was a family. They were all together, and, and there was this little kid. I think he was supposed to be six years old, and he was sitting in the back of the van. They were on holidays, and the mom was on her phone um, doing work stuff. And, and so the kid pipes up, and he says, lead by actions, mom. Lead by actions. People are always watching your words are great. Your words may be powerful. Your words might have an impact. But more than that, beyond that, people are watching to see if you live what you say you believe. Mauricio was out evangelizing yesterday, and those people will listen to Mauricio, but they will also watch him and see this guy just said this and this and this, and I'm going to watch him when he walks away, and I'm going to see if he treats people the way that he says he treats people. I'm going to see if he really believes what he says he believes. I'm going to see that if on Monday he's reading his Bible and praying. I'm going to see if he talks differently. I'm going to see what's on the inside of him. People watch you. John chapter, or no, Matthew chapter 16 is this helping anybody this morning? Or are these just the ravings of a madman in the heat? Good. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to go to verse 13. It says this, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, 
he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? The Son of Man was a title that Jesus called himself. That's what Jesus called himself, the Son of Man. And he said, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or some of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Caesarea Philippi in Jesus' day and age was where Gentiles lived. They had left Jewish territory and they were walking through Gentile territory. And Jesus says this to them, hey, what do people say about me? Who do these people that we're going to go walk through and see, what do they think about me? What do they say about me? What do they know about me? And he answers and said, well, some say you're this, some say you're that. Some say you're this person. And he says, okay, that's interesting. And then he says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. Messiah means the anointed one. I find it really interesting here that Jesus asks two questions. First, he asks the question of who do the people who are far away from me who don't know me, who don't live life with me, who've only heard about me or maybe heard me speak somewhere or heard of the miracles that I've done, who do those people think that I am? See, it's really easy to make the people who are far away think one thing about us, isn't it? People who don't know you well, who are like way over there, they've only heard about you, maybe they've seen you somewhere, maybe they know a friend of a friend, but they're not close to you. It's easy to say, what do those people say about me? Who do those people think that I am? But then Jesus asked Peter, who's one of his closest disciples, who's walked with them day in and day out from when Jesus called him on the beach and said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And he says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the son of God. And what's interesting to me in this passage of scripture is usually we get really concerned about looking good to people far away. But the people that are closest to us, our family, our brothers, our sisters, our husbands, our wives, our kids, close, close friends, those ones we show our true self to. And we expect them to make allowances for us. But what I find is so interesting in this scripture that Jesus is talking to the person closest to him. Are you following me? And instead of Peter saying, well, Jesus, you know, I think, yeah, I think you are the son of God. But I mean, oh man, in the mornings, you are not a morning person, guy. You get up and you are super cranky. We know to leave you alone. We know and we don't talk to you to after you've eaten. We know if you haven't eaten lunch, you get super hangry, so we leave you alone. I know you are the Messiah. I know you do great things, but I gotta like leave you alone. Or when you haven't got enough sleep, like remember that time like last year when you were out and you, you were like were out praying all night and you didn't sleep? Next day, man, you were rough. Like it was a rough day to be around you. Mm -mm. What Peter says is the person, one of the people who is closest to him says, this is who you are. You are the son of God. You are Christ. You are the anointed one. Jesus' character 
was revealed to Peter, one of the closest people to him. And what Peter says is, you are the son of God. This is who I think you are. I've walked closely with you. I've listened to you talk. I've seen your character. I've seen you act and I've seen you react. And in your action and in your reaction, you have displayed the character of God. So in your life, where do people see Jesus? When you're acting, are your, are your actions for other people or are your actions for yourself? Are your reactions out of hurt and pain and wounds? Or are your reactions reacting in the fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the character of God? So that when people examine you and you go up to them and say, who do you think I am? Who do I look like to you? When you look in my life, Ariel, when you look in my life, do you see Jacob in all of his faults, in all of his hurts, in all of his problems? Or do you see Jesus? Because if we're called to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, then you've got to have the character of God. You've got to have the fruit of the Spirit at work at you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Yes, we're talking about our lives and how we act. Let's look at one more scripture together. We're going to wind down here. John chapter 14. I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm going to sew this all together. Jesus is speaking. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If it wasn't true, if it wasn't so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. And our good buddy, who we call Doubting Thomas, pipes up in verse 5 and he says, No, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Thomas is the same guy, if you remember, who didn't believe it was Jesus. After he rose from the grave, he said, I won't believe it's Jesus until I can stick my hands or my fingers in the hole in his hand. And now, now Jesus is talking about, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you know where I'm going, so get ready. I'll come back when you're ready. And Thomas says, No. No, sorry, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know how to get there? And then Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Listen, if you've got a Bible, you need to make sure that this verse is highlighted and underlined and circled and written all up in because this verse is foundational. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. And he says this in verse 7, If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip, or Thomas pipes up again. No, Philip says this. And he says, Lord, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. These guys just don't get it. Show us the father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus replies and he says, Have, have I been with you all this time, Philip? 
and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You say, preacher, what are you talking about this morning? What is your, what is your point? What are you after? What point am I trying to hammer home that as we leave this place today, you remember what God is saying? What I'm trying to hammer home today is this. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the way you act. I want you to think about the way you talk. I want you to think about the way that you allow thoughts to run through your head. I want you to examine your life because we're called, one of the last things that Jesus said was go and make disciples of me. Tell people about me everywhere you go. And the best way you can tell people about Jesus is through your life and through your actions. The Apostle Paul says to us, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. And what did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen who? Paul says, imitate me as I, say, as I imitate Jesus. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we are called to live lives that point everybody that we encounter through our words, through our actions, through our deeds, through our time. We're called to live lives that as they see us, that they are continually looking at us and we are pointing up to Jesus. So that means the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God has got to be evident in your life. Otherwise, it's just you. And you may be awesome, and you may be fantastic, and you may be the best person you ever know, but last time I checked, you didn't die on the cross for anybody to go to heaven. So, examine your life. Ask yourself, where's Jesus? Where does he show up? If my life was a Where's Waldo book, would I be able to look in the pages of that book and find where Jesus shows up? If it was a Where's Waldo book of all of my interactions with people and it was all depicted out in bright, colorful pictures, here's the colorful picture of me and Jen's interaction. And here's a colorful picture of me and my kids talking and working through things. And here's a colorful picture of all these things that I deal with. If I went back and looked and flipped through the pages of that book, would I be able to see where Jesus shows up and where I acted and reacted the same way that Jesus would act so that when people deal with me, so that when people come into my life and that when I go into people's life, would they be pointed to Jesus or would they be pointed away? You know, I'm reminded of something I read this week. It was a tweet, and it said this. It was some non-believer, someone who didn't believe in Jesus, and he said, you know, spending eternity with you conservative Christians might not be the selling point that you all think it is. Let me say it again. Some of you are still trying to figure it out, I think. He said this, and, and, and for point of reference, conservative Christians is pretty much us, where we believe in what the Bible says. We believe what the Bible says about all of, everything written in here, right? That would, you, that would label you as a conservative Christian. And he says, you know, spending all of eternity in heaven 
with you conservative Christians might not be the selling point that you think it is. Meaning this, that we're not doing a good job of representing Jesus and walking in his character and walking in his life that we think we are. So I challenge you today. Let's stand up together. Here's my challenge for you. My challenge for you is this. Allow the Spirit of God to speak to you and look through your life. Look at your actions. Look at your thought life. Look at your interactions with people and allow him to begin to point things out to you. And ask yourself, think back to interactions that you've had and say, where is Jesus in this moment? Where is Jesus in this part of my life? Am I walking in his character right now? Or am I walking in my own thoughts, in my own actions, and in my own deeds, and in my own ways? Because we're called to make a difference in this world. We're called to bring life to people. We're called to give away what we've received. Freely you have received, and freely you shall give. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word that always brings healing. It always brings life. It always brings transformation, God. And I ask that by your spirit right now that you begin to show us things about our life, that you begin to point things out to us where we live life according to our own standards, where we live life according to our own ways and our own thoughts and our own desires. And God, I ask that you begin to show us how in those areas of our life, you want to work in those situations, that you show us how we could walk better in your character, how we could better have your fruit, your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, God, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, God, your self-control working on the inside of us, producing your character, producing your life so that everybody who sees us and everybody who deals with us and everybody who has conversations and interactions with us, God, we thank you that they are seeing you at work in us. Father, we thank you that we are called to be images and pictures of you on this earth. God, I thank you that you bring to our mind right now. I ask all across this place that you are bringing to our mind people and relationships and interactions where we can walk in your strength, where we can walk in your character, you, pointing God. people to you. We love you. We worship you. And in your name we pray. We all said, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.